he's got to know stuff and he's got to know how people view him. And I, I'm like, you think he's the bad guy? What if he is the good guy? And he's just warning us he's about like, stuff, you know? Been- What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Kryptonite YouTube channel here at the Arculus Studio. Today, I have Samuel Arms with me, and we're going to be breaking down what the hell is happening with the banking system, what is happening for crypto, and more importantly, what is happening next? I mean, we've been watching Operation Choke Point 2.0 roll out here, uh, which has been probably rolling out for the last year. But as the feds are raising interest rates and wiping out a lot of these smaller banks and uh, focusing on killing that demand, driving down inflation this is having a huge impact on the, the entire industry. So we're going to start off, obviously, with the biggest question here between Silvergate, Signature Bank, uh, and Silicon Valley Bank, all in one, all in one week. Uh, but Sam, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, what is going on? No better time to be on here. Uh, crazy. I mean, things have gone from zero to a thousand. Uh, I don't think anyone could have really predicted that we'd be in this exact situation right now. And now the Web3 crypto world is having an impact on the real world economy and banks as a whole. So you want to talk about banking runs. uh, We're seeing the worst bank failure since the Great Recession. We're seeing possible banking runs like in 2008, all the way going back to the Great Depression. It all starts with Silvergate, which is interesting. I mean, I think on one of our previous shows, Silvergate, we've talked about being underwater, being close to failure, Black Rock Investments, <laughs> we the, right? Uh, we have multiple videos on them collapsing. Well, now uh, they're done. They're you know. gone. So there's been panic. That panic has moved, and this is interesting. One, going back, why did Silvergate fail, right? Uh, they had huge amounts of deposits from FTX and Almeida. Those were gone, seized, or just not there, bankrupt. But then pending investigations, right? So people fled. Uh, They moved to other crypto-friendly banks, Signature, Silicon Valley Bank. Signature, the next question was, what do we think is going to happen to Signature? Well, now we know, right? It's been taken over. Interesting. uh, Very interesting. One of the board members is Barney Frank, who helped write Dodd-Frank legislation signed by Obama post the Great Recession to help uh, in times of financial crisis to hopefully raise the bar for banks. Barney Frank has said that he thinks the closure of Signature Bank was to send an anti-crypto message. Now we have Silicon Valley Bank experienced a bank run. All this happened Thursday and Friday, very quick time period. Then you have havoc going throughout the rest of the banking system. People are going, okay, uh, should I be pulling my money from any bank? And by from any bank, they mean small to medium-sized banks and moving it to the big four, like J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, BNY Mellon. The banking industry is incredibly complex and interesting. Uh, since the removal of Glass-Steagall uh, and since the implementation of Dodd-Frank, the rules and regulations surrounding this industry have just been crazy and insurmountable for a lot of people, right? So to dissect everything going on and the intricacies of this in a 30 minute episode or even in a whole day episode is, is, impossible? In, is impossible, right? But all you need to know is some of the bigger picture things is we know that the federal government never wastes a crisis, right? So regardless of whatever the cause of these bank failures are, whether they come from the crypto community in this bear market or whether they come from actions by the feds to discourage investment and to attack these on and off ramps to the crypto markets. Um, We know now people like Senator Warren are calling for a higher regulation, higher scrutiny for crypto in general. Uh, We know that 
the Biden administration, the FDIC, and some of these regulators actually made actions over the weekend, which is very interesting. They normally make their actions late Friday or first thing Monday, but things were obviously so bad they had to do things over the weekend, right? And federal government hates nothing more than to have to work on a weekend. Yes. Well, on top of it, you got to look at it, it. We're talking Biden, Janet Yellen, and Jerome Powell all came together on Sunday to release a statement at 6.15 p.m. So we're with 15 minutes notice to Congress. Like, so we're talking faster than ever just to mitigate because if they didn't step in, there would have been a very big issue on Monday with the opening of the market. Uh, and obviously from their private donors or from the, the private equity, the donors, and they're now trying to kind of manipulate this as not being a bailout, but it is 100% a bailout to that, the private, the stockholders, the, uh, the depositors, but more importantly, their friends, their donors, and the, the private equity, equity involved with this, uh, however they want to structure that and make that, you know, transition to look better for their campaigning purposes. This was all to step in and stop that. And seeing the FDI now be able to insure up to a max, there's no max on what they're going to be paying back. They're promising yep. all depositors to be paid back and fully reimbursed, whether that is by tomorrow or uh, uh, yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday uh, when this is actually going to be released or by the end of the week, Friday, that is still yet to be determined. But this leaves up so many questions. And in all in all, I think it's, it's very important to understand why this is occurring. And it's it's a very simple reasoning, and that is the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. They've made it incredibly hard to borrow money. They're focusing on the risk assets. If we go back into Operation Choke Point and we talk about them just kind of uh, mitigating and killing off all of these high-risk portfolios, these risky balance sheets that once are not necessarily high risk five, 10 years ago when we we're in this you know quantitative easing market and bonds were to, you know, the way to pursue. But like fast forward to the crypto, the regulations, CBDs, everything that's coming out. The reasons why I think the markets are all in chaos right now. They don't know what to do. Inflation that came out terribly this morning, by the way. Um, the CPI report came out at 6% year over year, which was as forecasted. And that's not any better. If it, you know, It's not something that should be causing the markets to go up 2 3% uh, for the stock markets and Bitcoin's falling as well. And then core CPI came out worse than expected. So inflation is still struggling on the services end from being brought down. Yet markets are rejoicing to the fact that the feds are bailing out these banks and making it easier. And now they're saying, oh, you know what? Since they're bailing them out, people are going to take on more risk. And so now you're in this weird, stagnant issue because up until this point, the analysis was the feds are going to keep raising interest rates by 25 basis points, at least another two to three times minimum. They're going to drive unemployment up, whether you want to look at the uh, the real un the real employment or the uh, uh, uncover employment, correct? Yeah. Uh, was what we were talking about a little bit earlier today. But so, you know, what's next for the crypto scene? And this is where... I, I know this is going to be a hard podcast for people kind of to digest because you see Bitcoin now breaking $26,000, now moving up to 30K, and you have a sense of FOMO. You're emotional. You don't know where to put your money because Signet, you can't on-ramp and off-ramp into Coinbase or Binance. Everything is shut down right now for fiat in the United States, uh, and you don't trust banks. So now they're trying to pull their money out, move it, whether it is into Bitcoin or into uh, the big four like you mentioned, and markets are just, in my opinion incredibly irrational right now they're just moving without thinking they're reacting and not proacting i don't i don't know if i agree with the irrational i mean so here's the deal and here's what's so complex about this and we'll, we'll make it kind of personal too especially for our viewers you everyone has to understand that you have no friends you have no friends in this market so 
you're going to see a lot of talking points about we need to let these banks fail. We need to do this, that, or the other thing. Understand the game that you're playing, okay? So I've actually been very pro bailout. I want these guys to be bailed out. I want Silvergate, I want Signature, and I want SVB to be safe. Why? Because I know exactly what would happen. All the medium to medium, all the medium to small size banks would go haywire. All their funds would be exited, and they'd be going to J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, BNY Mellon, for example. I don't want that. Yeah. Right. I don't want further banking consolidation. Do I like the idea idea of bailing out irresponsible bank owners? No, I don't. But that's not the world. I don't live in a world where where things are perfect. Right. Because of the rules and regulations of the game. Right. So I'm put in the unfortunate position of saying, yes, you should bail these guys out. Although my personal economics, ethics, whatever would normally say, I don't like the idea of that because I know what would happen if those banks go under further. Why did they take over Signature Bank? Uh, very quickly without the board members even suspecting that they would because the board members, I mean, let's be clear. Barney Frank was a leading Democrat who was heavily invested in getting Dodd-Frank passed, which was banking regulation. He's on the board of Signature Bank, right? Which now he's saying that he believes that the whole reason they're doing this was to send an anti-crypto message. Why is that important? Signature Bank developed Signet, the main off-ramp for Coinbase, for Kraken, for Gemini, for anything, anyone having to do with anything with a stable coin, right? Signet was broadly used. So boom, that vehicle's gone. Uh, SVB goes under. How much uh, How much of Circle's 3. portfolio 3 was that 20% to 30% of their 30%, deposits? yeah. So SVB goes under. SVB, been around a long time, right? Do I want that bang to fail? No. You're going to see stuff like... Some of the board members were focused on uh, social justice and marketing and representation. And people were wondering, well, why were they making risky investments? What were they doing with, you know, my deposits? Should Were they managing Silicon Valley Bank improperly? To be clear, the way Silicon Valley Bank was being managed is how probably 99% of banks in America are being managed. So if you go and you look at how it was being managed... Yes. Is it being managed poorly? Yes. Are most banks managed exactly like that? Yeah, probably. So maybe it's not the management. Maybe there's another factor. And then back to your point, the Fed's raising interest rates. A lot of these people got rich off of COVID, but even during COVID, where did they need to put their money? In treasuries. The treasuries were earning very low yield. So now when you're trying to offload those treasuries and you have, you're competing with ones that are earning four percent you know maybe as high as seven percent whatever the numbers are you can't no one wants to buy the old ones right no one wants to offload those so now you're stuck right so this is the worst cases it's the worst case scenario when you have regulations and federal intervention which set up a scenario to where the only thing that can save you are federal intervention (laughs) right and now it becomes a game of who do you want who do you want to win? The guys who really, really hate you or just the guys that hate you? 
Well, right? it, it, so it puts us in a very, very hard place because I 100% I agree with everything you're saying. For people that don't know about Signet2, that is the competitor to Send Network, which was Silvergate. So if you're not too familiar with Signature, because I know this kind of just became a topic over the weekend because everybody thought they were safe, uh, they were the direct competitor to Silvergate. They were the only other option in on-ramp, off-ramp in the United States. This is why everything is the kind of just halted and paused and there is no on-ramps and off-ramps right now in the United States. So, you know, what, what, what makes this interesting is because I agree with you. It puts you in a very weird place. You put your personal agenda aside. The markets don't care about your personal emotions or feelings. The feds don't care about your personal emotions or feelings because they have one job and one job only, technically two, and that is going to be job employment and inflation. And how are they going to handle and balance out that teeter-totter? Uh, so, you know, what now I'm concerned with, and this is where we kind of get into that game theory, and this is why I've been a huge advocate for speaking up against things like uh, Binance being a very large player and controlling the majority of the liquidity in the crypto market, is if these banks are failing, and, and this, these are our competitors with the USDC, this is going to be Coinbase, all these US-based companies are now getting forced under. It's getting, it's forcing positions to create what you said, kind of with the big four, there's going to be a, a more consolidation of the banking system. Well, it's going to be the same thing in the crypto space. It's going to be a more consolidation of the, the just not banking giants, but your your largest players, your biggest chains. And that's going to be Binance. And so now you're like, okay, yes, you don't want it bailed out. You want them to be held responsible. You want to see people, you know, held accountable, face scrutiny, go to jail, you know, whatever the retailers are going to want because of their funds. But then the opposite side of that is like, okay, if you let that happen, what is the next step in the next two to three years? You know, how does this affect us with regulation? This is where you get a CB, uh, CBDC. You need that federal intervention. They're going to come in and be like, hey, we need to control this. We need to regulate this. Uh, we're going to control the on-ramps, off-ramps. And it creates this, it's just a cyclical process where then again, in four years, we're going to revisit the same issues. And so that is that is what I have the, the biggest issue. Where, where the irrational the irrationality comes from isn't necessarily the banking part is what I have the, the thoughts on. It's going to be the inflation. It's, it's the fact that... Uh, Markets seem to be pricing in that the feds are looking to pivot much, much sooner when if you look at Jerome Powell's job, again, he doesn't care that SVB just went under. That was solved. That is kind of just being pushed on the rug and they're moving forward at this point. What he wants is to continue to raise interest rates and kill inflation. And he wants, this is where choke points coming out. He wants these crypto companies to fail. He wants these higher risk investments and these tech companies to uh, see the layoffs. We have to, unemployment has to come from somewhere. It's not like your local grocery store is going to just lay off. That's not where the unemployment's necessarily going to come from. It's going to be coming from these giant tech companies like Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, et cetera, that have no profit. They make no profit. They are just over justified and money's just feeding into it over the last decade. And this is why you saw Elon Musk come into Twitter and was like, hey, 75% of the workforce, you do nothing. You're gone. Now you're seeing that with the rest of these companies, because now you're going to see companies evaluations. People want to see profit. They want to see companies actually producing a value, uh, which is where that is where I'm concerned with, with the next three to six months is how many more, where does that, where is that affected? One, this rabbit hole gets so much worse because you have to remember uh, inflation is a never ending spiral, right? So as things inflate, people try to flee the dollar, right? One of the easiest ways for the average consumer is what? Crypto. Uh, they've made real estate harder, so it's not easier for the average consumer to just flee and put their dollars into real estate, right, with rising interest rates. With crypto now going down, what do you do? Uh, how well is the stock market going to do? So some of this is about controlling where people put their liquidity, their cash, whatever cash they do have. Most Americans right now don't. Look at debt and credit. 
Um, but the few that do, where do you put that to stash away and stave off inflation in your own personal life? Now you're seeing people blame Twitter for the banking runs. I don't know if you saw that, but congressmen yeah. are saying that we need to limit financial information on Twitter because of how quickly it can cause banking runs. Yet CNBC gets away with Jim Cramer making the wrong calls every single week. I know. Uh, I, sometimes I feel like, unironically, that man is signaling. So sometimes it's he's got to know stuff, and he's got to know how people view him. And I, I'm like, you think he's the bad guy? What if he is the good guy? And he's just warning us he's about like, stuff. You he's know? been paid out, and like they have his family hostage. And he's, <laughs> yeah, right. The whole time, he's like, he, he knows what he's doing. That but would be This banking world, it gets so much worse when you think about Caitlin Long and what she's been trying to do in Wyoming with her Custodia Bank. So Custodia Bank, for those that don't know, is a bank that was being set up by Caitlin Long under the SPDI bill that uh, they passed in Wyoming, which is a special depository institution, specifically as a way to skirt certain, I don't want to say skirt certain banking Explain regulations. Explain Long but, really quick too. So Caitlin Long is, uh, I mean, the godmother, the mother, the queen of uh, crypto regulation, right? So Caitlin Long is responsible for all all the regulation that's gotten passed in Wyoming, she's put a stamp on the industry and she's really created a, a movement. And I credit her with even what I've done here in Florida. So I've met her a few times. She probably doesn't even know who I am, but she's an amazing <laughs> woman. Uh, and really, she comes from a Wall Street background, really does not like Wall Street, loves Wyoming, just a good, solid person, right? Uh, big supporter of Bitcoin in the crypto industry. So she essentially... You have to understand rules and regulations and figuring out ways to get around them. And people figure out ways around them until the system either denies you or sues you or the opposite, right? You get in and then you sue or whatever. So currently she set up a bank that could custody digital assets and that had a hundred percent of its deposits. Right, which means they were not doing rehypothecation, they were not doing fractional reserve banking, which means they were not FDIC insured. She applied, like every bank does, to become a part of the Federal Reserve System, which gives you access to the Federal Reserve's network and liquidity, right? They denied her and they said, your assets are too risky and the fact that you're not FDIC insured, which is funny, the reason she's not FDIC insured is because they held 100% of their deposits. FDIC insurance comes from when you do fractional reserve banking. If the bank fails mm -hmm. because they're taking risks on your money to make a profit for them, FDIC says, we'll give you insurance, just like what we're seeing now with SVB and all the depositors being covered, although this is going beyond FDIC stated insurance. All that's a part of the fractional reserve banking system that you're in. Caitlin Long says, well, we don't need that. And technically they can't get it because they're holding all of their reserves, but you can't have a bank run if you have a hundred percent of your reserves. I mean, you could, and everyone withdraws them, right? But there's no fear because you've said, I have all your money. So it's not like someone's going to get screwed over. It's just, oh, okay, we're empty because everyone got their money. Bank runs happen because you're scared about being the last 10 people who don't get their money back because it's stuck in some bad loan. So the federal government and Jay Powell and the federal board of governors have denied her access to the federal reserve network. And they just released another opinion like three days ago, right? So now 
Caitlin Long is suing or Custodia Bank is suing to figure out why they've met every single standard according to the law and they're still being denied access. And this is interesting for everybody watching too because this is happening at the same time that the FDIC is coming in and shutting down Signature. This is the same time that SVB, Silvergate, Correct. everything's being attacked. So there's there's a point where at, at when do coincidences become, you know, too much? And it's like this is where you go into that operation choke point and you just you just zoom out. You just let's look at the bigger macro picture at this point. It's a clear, obvious attack on the crypto industry. And this is why you have people like Barry stepping up and saying, what's going on? Like, we need answers. And so the fact that she has to sue for this, it makes no sense. But then you're playing with you're playing with the private sector. Now you're playing with JP Morgan, all them. They they need the fractional banking to exist. Um, and as soon as you start getting the 100 percent deposits, that is interesting to see take place because that's what we need. We, we also we already fail that. Crypto has failed at that. So yep. I love that she's advocating for this too, because it's like, this is what I believe the industry truly needs. This is why liquidity is a huge question in the crypto industry. I had a whole conversation for like two hours last night on a TikTok live podcast where they're trying to explain to me why stable coins are one-to-one -one backed. But stable coins at this point where they're saying they're backed by US treasuries or whatever, whatever assets they have collateral for that, there is no proof to it. It's all just trust me, bro. Uh, CZ Binance, it's a trust me, bro source. You know, mm -hmm. he has, there's the 100% proof auditing. Yes, we're taking steps towards more transparency, but when do we get the full transparency? Why aren't we there? Why, why aren't we already there? And so these are very interesting questions that are very risky for, I'd say, both industries. I remember, and I've been telling people this, this is the price of adoption. And the most recent wave of adoption was people from Wall Street. They realized we could financialize crypto. Mm -hmm. They brought their Wall Street practices and Wall Street ways to make money, which what happens in Wall Street, exactly what's happening with these big yeah. banks, the people at the top are able to get away with things that you aren't and everyone else is left holding the bag, right? If the crypto industry was smart, Caitlin Long should be getting way much more support than she's getting, right? But a lot of people are saying, well, we'll just go offshore, right? A lot of people in the crypto world who have the money have either just said, well, now I have money, I'm comfortable, I'm rich, I don't care, right? We've made it to that certain bracket to where <laughs> we don't need to help anybody out anymore, which means they really never had the mission on their mind at all. It was all about the money. Or they say, I'm just going to go overseas, right? Which I, I think is funny. I just want to make a quick point on that. They go, I want to go overseas to China. And then it's like, they don't even audit. Like, so yep. how do you know what assets actually exist? You just saw HSBC out of China just bought uh, a company out of a silver uh, Silicon Valley Bank UK arm uh, yep. for $1. Yep. They bought the arm for $1, and this is going to give them some control over the semiconductor <clears throat> industry. And that's a whole other conversation we got to jump into. But so it just goes to show, yeah, let's go. Okay, yeah, the U.S. system doesn't work. I don't trust this. I'm going to go trust a foreign entity that isn't even audited and has little to no regulation. Yep. Where's the irony in that? And you also have to understand now people are saying, we got to talk to our congressman. We got to talk to these regulators. You should have been talking to them five years ago, right? This is why you make the political investment. This is what makes the difference between people who understand politics and people who don't. People who understand politics realize that it is a network building game over time. Right. You may not see benefits of political lobbying and getting involved and in influential in your state legislature or the federal legislature. Right. Immediately. But those investments pay off over time through network opportunities. So if you had started five years ago when a crisis like this happens, that's when you're able to make your voice heard and hopefully be able to at least know what's going on, be on the inside of those meetings. But what happens is people go, I don't see a need. 
And then this happens and they go, oh, we got to get involved. Well, congratulations, you've missed the boat. Now they go, well, it's too late. There's no point in me getting involved now until five years later when it happens again. It's just, it's a cyclical process. And it's, you know, and this is why we need to start today. And this is, this is huge, but really quick, you know, for guys, just in case your crypto exchanges, these banks are going under, there's one way to keep all of your assets safe and secure guys. And that is going to be, of course, with an Arculus hardware wallet. If you guys don't have one of these yet, you guys can use code night 20. That is K N I G H T 20 uh, in the link below guys. And seriously, at this point, Look at what's taking place on these exchanges. You can't even on-ramp, off-ramp with digital assets. Um, and, you know, you're always just one crazy, bizarre day away from not being able to remove any of your assets off those exchanges. Exchanges are not your keys. It is not your crypto. It is not safe. Having your Bitcoin, having your crypto on a hardware wallet like Arculus is going to keep you guys safe and secure and allow you to pretty much bypass any of these crazy phenomenons that can exist from things like Operation Chokepoint. Uh, 2.0. So if you guys haven't checked that out, the link is in the description. Keep your crypto safe. There is no excuse at this point. Just like Sam is mentioning, you know, stop being the person that waits five years until it happens before you start advocating for it. You need to make that change today or else you're going to be on the short end of that stick and you will get caught uh, holding the bag as exchanges like FTX or whatever else decides to go under and take your assets with them. So so let's talk about where do we go from here? What do you think is going to happen? Because the like you were talking at the beginning of the show, markets are so funny and it's, it is hard in economic theory. You, there's a big debate in economic theory. Are markets rational or are they irrational? Are consumers rational or are they irrational? And what do those terms even mean, right? So we're seeing everything's going up, price go up, Bitcoin's going up, stock market, but we just saw inflation was awful. We just saw a potential major bank failure ripple across the United States that was for now halted. And every, is everyone pretending like it's okay? I mean, what does this mean about what do you think <laughs> the stock market's going? Like Bitcoin's going up. Is that because it's like we had a cancer scare? The doctor's like, "Hey, I have bad news for you." Oh, sorry, wrong page. Wrong, you know, page. Like, oh, wrong person. Like, wrong, like, person. Like, wrong for, like, sorry, wrong room. You know, and I, that's that might be a terrible joke, but that's that's the reality to where we're at yeah. in this market. So where do we go from here? That's a phenomenal question, and this is what we just have to look into. One, I mean. This is, a, I think, a way bigger explanation that can go on for a whole nother show. We can talk about just deglobalization in general. But from a macro standpoint, from inflation, I think markets are just confused and don't understand what this means for tech stocks moving into the next year to two years. We're not going to see the explosive growth we saw like from all of these Zoom, PayPal, all of these explosions mm -hmm. we had over the last decade, which most of those were exploded over COVID because everybody was at home and consuming that, that technology. Um, on top of it, just money just being printed and people having personal savings rates at, uh, you know, at a 2000 rate versus the 90 bucks they have today or whatever it is. And so there's so much money consumers were able to spend. They're going to continue seeing the spend. And the only reason why it's been propped up to this point is because consumer credit's gotten so much easier to borrow. JP Morgan's like, Hey, no worries. You know, your FICO scores below 600. I'm going to give you the loan anyways. We're going to make it easier. You can go on Uber Eats and you can now do uh, payback loans. So you do like four, you, you buy your Uber Eats and then you pay it off over, you know, four different months or whatever it is. You have all of these ways to take on credit and spend more and consume more that that can only go on for so long before there's no longer any output from the input that's being given in the economy and so consumers are at this level with no personal savings rates all-time high consumer debt for the like there's not even a comparison to this and the banks are propping up as much as possible so we can't go print money people think we're going to pivot how how do we pivot that's my question i want to ask everybody watching is how does the fed pivot the fed pivots right now and prints more money services have not came down at all 
like the only thing that's came down is the price of goods. So if services, if we start printing supposedly, money, supposedly, 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 allegedly, but if, so if, if we start printing money again, like we're, we're now facing and threatening with, with hyperinflation, like you're just, you're at a, the feds are in a very weird spot and they can't move that. So this is where I think the feds are doing what they want and they are going to wipe out a lot of this tech sector. They're going to wipe out a lot of the easy money, the, uh, the non-profitable companies, all these companies that exploded over the last five, 10 years from, from COVID and the, the, the QE. And so where we're here next for the markets, I, I wish it was an easy answer. I think we're going to get higher interest rate hikes. I think it's going to pause longer until something actually breaks in the economy. And people are saying that SVB was the thing that broke. I don't think it is what broke. I think there's something way bigger than that that is coming, whether it's in six to nine months from now. I don't know if that's a proxy war with Israel and Iran. I don't know if that's Ukraine and Russia uh, advancing even more. I don't think it's China and Taiwan. Um, Although you just saw that we're looking at pulling back assets from Ukraine because we're scared of the Taiwan evasion. Did you see that? Which I did see that, but also makes it because then you have China coming out the cc like xi jinping came trying out, to like, broker try to uh, bro he did broker a deal in the middle east he beat biden to it so because yeah, he's trying to claim the mantle yeah, yeah. and so you're at this both and they know this- they know they're happy to see our banking system implode like everyone around the world through the structures that we've built is saying well how can we move in on this mm-hmm. right which is really once again where do you want to set up shop and listen if if you want to go move your business to China, be my guest, right? I can promise you, even amongst the confusion going on here, it's not going to be any better, right? Now, they may go to Singapore. They may go to certain parts of Europe. They may go to all the typical places, Gibraltar or whatever, right? But you can't escape what's coming. No place in the world can you escape a U.S. dollar collapse, a World War Three. Like, nowhere is safe. Well, and what's... What blows my mind is people always in my comments, I get this a lot. They're like, crypto is a global asset, so it doesn't matter what happens to the U.S. And it, <laughs> the United States is the largest economy in the world, and everything is impacted by the value of the U.S. dollar, whether it, with the interest rate hikes, all of our sovereign debt, everything on a global scale is going to rely on the United States dollar. China's economy and the U.S., they pretty much rely on each other. Now, the U.S. is in a lot of different places, way more in a way stronger position with food and exports. China has no food and exports. Like everything is in-house in the United States. We could survive on a lot of different scales. And we're, now we're talking about a 10, 15, 20 year time frame. But so in the short term, what I see is I, I think investors don't know what to do. They're scared of the banks. They're scared of crypto because they don't know how regulation is going to be impacted. You have this false mentality and ideology that's being fueled by, um, I would say the bigger picture in the monopoly in the crypto space, which is crypto is the answer. Crypto is banks are going to fail and Bitcoin's going to go to the moon. I, banks aren't going to fail anytime soon, in my opinion. Like, I just don't see that taking place. Or certain it's, banks aren't going to fail. Or certain banks. And Bitcoin will go to the moon only if you're on my exchange. And we're going to make sure that you're, the IRS knows exactly the profits that you made when you sell. So what I, what I, exactly and what so I want to leave off with is what we were talking about right before we started this show is where do we head next whether it's 2 weeks whether it's another month whether it's 3 days when Sennet or Sinnet actually uh pops back open when or sorry Signet when Signet opens back up and the on-ramps and off-ramps for United States dollars are available against through exchanges and there's a way to off-ramp your crypto and take profits right now crypto is stuck so people that are buying in and converting their stables, you have CZ and foreign companies that are pumping a billion dollars in, in investment funds to, or at recovery funds is what they're calling it, into the market. Prices go up. 
But what happens when the markets realize with the FOMC meeting that Jerome Powell is still hawkish, that he's like, hey, no, we need to bring down inflation. We're still at 6%. Our goal is 2%. They've said that since day one. They haven't changed course. So, you know, that means more than one extra 25 basis point increase hike. This means, okay, well, what happens to all of the companies and all these private these institutions? We were talking a little bit earlier with these capitals that they didn't trust the banks right now. But once that on-ramps and that off-ramps opened up, there's so much in profit. Are they going to keep it in the crypto or are they now going to be taking profits here at the 28, 29, 30K level? Um, and we're running into that here this month at the end of the March. So I think my analysis is still the same. I still think we're going to see more layoffs, more bankruptcy, inflation remains stubborn. And we're going to see a few extra interest rate points with some inflation over some time. And there's going to be some great opportunity to accumulate later this year. That is where I'm at. And on that note, I don't have too much more to add. I know this episode was heavy. We talked about big topics. We don't necessarily have any great answers for you. But the real thing that we do have for you is places to start looking to answer some of these questions yourself. It's a deep rabbit hole. And for a lot of these issues, there is no right answer. That's just the world that we live in. But the most important thing is that you at least know what to look for and know where to look. So I think that's all the time that we have today. Kryptonite out. Kryptonite out, baby. Thanks for joining us.